Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. NFL Trend Zone for August 3rd. We're back on a Wednesday night, bringing you the hot NFL topics. This week, we're going to talk about some Hall of Fame items. We're going to talk about training camp. Those are in full swing. Some of these deals the wide receivers are getting, and maybe even a little fantasy football. We're here, as usual, with Wes Johnson from California, Cody Spears from Texas. I'm Dustin Baker here in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. And then Jason Bowen is in Denver at Broncos train cap. He's going to give us an update there and some of the vibes coming from Colorado. Foremost, per usual, we're going to talk about betonline.ag. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports, contests, events with first-to-market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to sign up and make your very first sports bet. Use this promo code, BLEAV, BLEAV50, BLEAV50, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, where the game starts. Debo Samuel ended his strange trade saga it felt in your bones about three or four months ago that that man wasn't going to play for san francisco anymore but a little communication opened the uh just lanes for everything and he is now back with 49ers on a large deal like all the wide receivers got this offseason we'll talk about that in about 30 minutes but i want to ask you cody this was your offense this is your number one offense in the business and (laughs) You also uh, are hanging your hat on Ayuk as a fantasy stud. So I want to know how much does that Ayuk enthusiasm fade, if at all? You know, uh, it doesn't really fade at all for me. Um, Like you said, I predict it to be the number one offense. So there's plenty of uh, passes to go around. One thing that's interesting about Debo's contract is he actually has rush yards and rush TD uh, incentives. And that's something that a lot of people aren't talking about right now size chunk of cash as long as he has 380 rushing yards and three touchdowns a season so um i do expect him to kind of regain that similar role with that being said he did have a crazy amount of long touchdowns and i think that's (laughs) something that it regresses and it opens up opportunities for not only uh brandon Ayuk to take a big step forward but also george kittle to kind of regain some of that uh, offensive prowess that he's known for besides just his blocking skills. I think on two different teams, well, obviously different teams in the past years, I've, t- I've taken Kittle and I've had like a love fest and a what the hell fest in such as life and fantasy. But in in one of our 20 team leagues, I, I my team got healthy at the right time and I ended up making the postseason. But I remember him and Saquon the first half of the season. It was like, well, yeah, this thing's over. And then they all seemed to get healthy in the same cluster of weeks. And the team actually started performing like it was drafted. Uh, So, yeah, Debo's back. Wes, does that uh, excite Niners faithful? Probably. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, The Niners fans out here, they absolutely love Debo and what he brings to the table. Uh, Like Cody had mentioned, uh, nobody's really talking about the rushing incentives. Um, I, I'm sure that was added in by Debo's agent to kind of uh, help him um, or as he defines this new position of wide back and it was uh, he'd by Debo himself um, because he is so unique and playing running back does limit the shelf life uh, of a player's NFL career. So uh, having that incentive built in, um, I think helps him out. And, you know, hopefully if they continue to utilize him in that uh, aspect, he cashes in on that. 
And I think we touched on this last week, but I'll reiterate that <clears throat> the Niners are going full tilt towards Trey Lance. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo won't be on the team, or if he is, he's not going to be the QB1. They have officially transferred power with their words to Trey Lance. So Cody will get to see this high-flying offense that he's cited once or twice. Yes, Trey Lance, <laughs> top five quarterback. Yeah, that's yeah, you got, <laughs> you've got 25 top five quarterbacks. <laughs> Drew Brees. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, before, So the Hall of Fame game's coming up, but um, because Jason has been at camp for the last two days, three days. Three days. Three, three days. days we've been out here. So Tell us about that experience and tell us about the Broncos. Man, what an experience it's been, but I'll tell you, it's, it, oh boy, yesterday was, was devastating as you guys can about imagine for us out here. Um, it, it, you know, with any, any pass that is completed during camp and I I'm, I would assume that most camps are just this exact same way, but you know, you get, you get the fans cheering and, mm-hmm. you know, you get it, especially if it's, it's, if it's a deeper one, you know, a 20, 30 yard pass, you catch that. And even though it's something that is so, you know, um, just so, so standard for mm-hmm. these guys to do, but, you know, uh, nice throw, nice catch. He comes down with it, takes a few steps, everybody's cheering and then bam drops and the entire team just went around him, obviously. And it was the, the mood after practice from that point on. The music stopped. And it was just, you could hear a pen drop. So I'm still recovering from that, I think. You know, just the after effect of, you know, now what? I mean, you know, you could, you could justify it to yourself, rationalize it to yourself, and convince yourself that, well, thank, thank goodness they're deep at this position. But it just completely, you know... I was looking forward to a fully loaded offense finally. And for poor Tim, I mean, he finally gets a quarterback that can get him the ball. And then that happened. And then, um, you know, we lost one of our, um, you know, uh, running backs, running backs as well. Um, you know, poor guy. And, you know, he, he was just fighting to make the team as well, you know, so yeah, it was a rough day uh, today. You know, there was, it was a slower day, um, kind of a walkthrough pads came back off. Um, but they're looking good. I mean, you know, I think that the, the energy up until yesterday was good, um, you know, and they tried to get back in it to thank God they have a leader like Russ on the team that can kind of galvanize the troops, keep them focused and and um, um, a coach like Hackett that can, you know, uh, make adjustments and hopefully, uh, you know, we'll uh, we'll still be OK. But, you know, it's been a great experience so far. Kids yeah. have really enjoyed it. And, I bet y'all are cheering a lot louder out there this year than previous years. Oh yeah. Well, you know, I'll tell you though, the, the attendance isn't much greater. If you can believe that. I know they, they had a welcome back to football type thing that they do each year. Um, They, you know, they do that on a Saturday. Obviously that was sold out. Um, Tickets were free, but you know, first come first serve. So they went up in a hurry. Uh, and that that got, got about five thousand fans, but it it hasn't been much more busier than than the previous three years that we've been there, which is shocking. That is weird. On the uh, pin drop thing, <clears throat> this is a a sad story that Jason want to relive, but I'm going to tell it anyway. That reminds me of when Russell Wilson and the Seahawks beat the Broncos in the Super Bowl in 2013. Uh, I went to a Super Bowl party with Jason and most, it was mostly Broncos fans, about seven to 10 people. And I wanted the Broncos to win, but I'm a Vikings fan. So if they (laughs) lost, I wasn't going to die. But within like 20 minutes of that game, the whole atmosphere of that party was like a funeral. People were pissed and like, Oh man. And I was trying to be the voice of reason saying, this is Peyton Manning. We're talking about folks. He can author a comeback and everybody's like, screw you. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, you, you said that about Manning all the time, man, <laughs> yeah, even, even, even against the Patriots. And then the very. After that commercial fucking Belichick decides to kick it. (laughs) But yeah, but yeah, it just just came to mind that that was Wilson on the other side. And now he, he is indeed a Bronco. Yeah, man. He does. He definitely brings a lot of energy. He's really great with the fans and, you know, um, 
the, the boys were real happy to get his autograph and, and that sort of thing. And, and I had an opportunity to get a good picture with him. He posed with Marquette, but my, I fumbled it and I was all starstruck and you know, uh, <laughs> my, my freaking phone was acting up. So we got a lot of good, good pictures, you know, but, um, yeah, it was, it's been good. It's been good. So I, I think we're done here though. Um, not sure that we're going to go tomorrow. Might take a day off. It's, it gets hot out there yeah. as you can attest. Dustin, did you make it to, to Vikings? No, um, because they, I usually do it like you do centered around a, a family event. Um, but my kids have summer camps throughout this month. And so usually we'd go to the Vikings night practice, which is usually on a Saturday, but for some strange reason, they moved that to a Monday this year. So, uh, it's trending towards no. And then when I see the 102 degree heat, that ain't for me at all. <laughs> emphatically yeah. not for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's hotter there than it is here yeah hey, I mean, did yeah you, it's, did it's you see out here but <laughs> did you see out in winter south dakota it was the hottest place in the country yesterday oh shit really yeah what, and what did it get to 112 oh my god yep Hot, uh, out in winter i wonder what <laughs> it looked like out in uh stickney <laughs> <laughs> Probably about uh, it, the same. It's a, a nice balmy uh, sixty degrees here in San Francisco. Oh, you know how many times I used that story, Wes, about how my dumbass thought it was hot because it was California. I told it to my eye doctor tonight. <laughs> uh, he asked if we had taken any vacations, and uh, what did I tell him? Oh, we started talking about the Grand Canyon last summer, and I told him about how it wasn't hot there when you go up to like the top of it or whatever. Right. And and then I told him my my big fact about San Francisco is that you know. It's just always about 65 degrees there. And he's like, yeah, no shit. And I'm like, well, I didn't know that. So, <laughs> but all right. So yeah. everything was rocking and rolling in Denver until yesterday and the injury bug hit. Thankfully they have Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy to pick up the slack. And by the way, Russell Wilson, who can probably figure this out, whereas Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater would not have. Yeah. Kate. Well, and then KJ just coming back from his, yeah. uh, you know, and he's looking, he's looking really sharp too. the rookie and, you know, we're depth, we're, we're deep at that position. And as I was telling, telling the guys, I mean, you hate to see anybody like that go out, but then, you know, I mean, you got Cortland Sutton who bait in it. Tim Patrick is basically Cortland Sutton. I mean, they're almost the exact same receiver uh, in, in a way. So if you're going to lose one of those guys, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, you, you, I mean, you got two of those guys, you lose one. You only have one Judy. You only have, you know, so that's, I don't know. It's here I yeah. am back trying to convince myself that it's going to be okay, Cody. So, <laughs> so what I, so last year, I probably would have been like, yeah, I don't know. But with Russell there, I, it, to me, it's really like, oh, well, it's going to be just so fine. Yeah. yeah. Those AJ Hamler and uh, Tyler Lockett comparisons are kind of seeming a little surreal at this point. Yeah, now that he's going to start getting more looks and it's a shame with Tim Patrick because Tim Patrick's like, he's exactly what a coach would want in a receiver. I mean, yeah, he yep. could be more, more explosive and, you know, set himself apart athletically more, but as far as what he does on the field and how hard he works and his blocking and everything, I mean, you couldn't ask for better. So it's definitely a shame, but yeah. like, it's good thing. KJ Hamler's still on the Broncos, right? <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> not the cowboys thank god yeah, he'll, he'll get more looks so cody when is this hall of fame game next week uh no it's tomorrow oh that's thursday already oh yeah. okay yeah and that always gets the the juices flowing so yeah you uh we wanted to talk about some of the hall of famers um we're supposed to nominate our favorite hall of famers and i'm gonna start and I, I thought I tried to be, I was like, all right, well, I'm not going to pick all Vikings, but then I got down to brass tacks and I'm like, who, what other players would I like more <laughs> than the Viking? So mine are boring. They're very Viking centric. Uh, first one's Corey Stringer uh, who died about 20 years ago. He was a tackle for the Vikings. And this one is sentimental to me because he used to come into the grocery store where I worked as a teenager and he used to talk to me like a normal guy. And then one day he up and died because of heat stroke at training camp. So I would be remiss not to have him in my favorites. Uh, next is Randy Moss. He is, uh, I, I got into Vikings football one year before he was drafted and he sealed the deal for me forever. So I am forever grateful. And then my favorite football player ever is Chris Carter. Uh, mainly, mainly because like me, he is a recovered alcoholic. And every time he talks on that subject, I can relate to him in that. And then by the way, he was also phenomenal in football field. So uh, when I was a drunk, which was for a, a long nine years, I always vacillated between Carter and Moss to my answer to this question. But as a as a grown adult and a family man, Carter takes the cake for me, although Moss is also a pretty stand-up dude. So Stringer, 
Randy Moss and Kurt Chris Carter for me. Wes, who are yours? Uh, mine, I, I tried to stay away from the homerism as much as possible, <laughs> uh, which it was difficult to do. So, um, but first one for me is Deion Sanders. He kind of redefined the position. Um, the last uh, two sports star that we've had um, playing both baseball and uh, football. Um, and, you know, what he continues to do in the community, you know, he did a little bit of announcing for a bit and now he is, um, head coach at Jackson state, mm -hmm. yep. I yep. think. Yeah. Yeah. What an interesting um, career arc. Yeah, <laughs> sure. absolutely. Um, second, Randy Moss, uh, you know, probably hands down my favorite player of all time. Um, and thirdly is, uh, Brett Favre, oh, wow. um, watching, uh, a rival quarterback for as long as, you know, we did as Vikings fans. And then to actually have him, um, you know, on our team after a, a small hiatus in, uh, New York with the jets, um, it just got, or for me, at least it was all that more enjoyable, you know, all, all of the ad hoc that he would do on the field with the, the Packers against us. Mm -hmm. We finally got a chance to see um, in person. So uh, that was great. Yeah. I think I told you this in Hawaii and I, I apologize for redundance. If I did it to the group already, I was on a fantasy football show about a, actually the day before 4th of July, July 3rd. And this topic came up and he said, oh, you must have hated it when Favre joined the Vikings. And I laughed and he's like, no, didn't you get, didn't that get on your nerves? And I was like, are you nuts? <laughs> Where have you been? <laughs> we like, sweep I, the Packers. I, I was mean, like, absolutely on. not. Like, that's like one of the most preposterous things I've ever been asked. And so, yeah, I'm with Wes. So I know Cody is too. All right, Jason, give me your three favorite Hall of Famers, or I guess two after Elway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, obviously Elway's number one, right? Yep. I mean, he's the, he is the reason uh, I am a, I'm a lifelong Denver Bronco fan and the reason that I, I like football. And it's amazing to think about how, and, I, and I'm sure you guys are similar. You, I mean, you have that just one player that made you like the game. Um, mm -hmm. And for whatever reason that was, everything about him was just awesome. Um and then followed up with that, um, I suppose, you know, that was early childhood, six, seven years old is when I became a, you know, a, maybe even five. I, I'm not real sure. But it, it three to four years after that, we're talking Steve Atwater, mm -hmm. um, who kind of really, you know, got me, you know, got the juices flowing on the other side of the ball just yeah. because of his big hits and especially with that electric one on that Monday night football game against Christian McCoy, man, was that special. <laughs> oh, that was awesome. And, uh, and I got a chance to, uh, to, uh, see him in the flesh this year or this, uh, this trip, uh, while he was working. So I got a picture oh, not sweet. with him, but of him. So that was pretty cool. Um, I think I might've been bothering him a little bit while he was trying to work, but Hey, I was starstruck. So hopefully he can show me some grace. Uh, no. Um, and then, um, and then I agree with Wes on Dion. Uh, Dion, primetime Sanders, um, everything about that guy, what he did, and his his attitude and his cockiness, and the bandana and the high stepping and the the multitude of teams wherever he went, he won, and he was cocky about it. It was so great. <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, he, he got away with it too, especially. Uh, just in that era, like it was, it was cool to be like that. And then he just kind of stuck because he's always been the same dude, just yeah, like a, like, yeah. a, like a cocky preacher almost is. The yeah, well, yeah. And, and he, and it was rare too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, back then he was, he, I mean, I remember his college interviews with Florida state <laughs> in those big gold chains. Um, that was, that you didn't <laughs> see that. Really? I mean, because he came out the same years like Barry Sanders, humble Barry Sanders and <laughs> Troy Aikman and well, Atwater was in that grade as well. And then, you know, then you have primetime yeah. doing his first interview with Jerry Curls and he's got the chains. Yeah, oh, it was oh, awesome. he, changed, he changed it all. Um, so you talked about Elway as that player for you. For me, it's not even a football player. It's Kirby Puckett. 
he single single handedly yeah. got me into sports in 1991, and then baseball was my love for about until I played basketball, and then basketball will always be my primary love, and then football just became too irresistible when I fell in love with these Vikings for some strange reason. Cody, give me your three Hall of Famers, uh, your leaderboard, your favorites. Uh, well, we were talking about, or J- um, Jason was talking about the player that got him into football. I didn't mm-hmm. want to give a shout out to Percy Harvin. Uh, yeah. Around that time, that's that's whenever I really started investing my time in the Minnesota Vikings, which it got rough pretty quick after that <laughs> for my first <laughs> couple years of being a big fan. But uh, my three picks, uh, my first one is Ed Reed. And uh, this guy was electric. I did try to go off of Vikings on this and kind of do players that I for sure got to watch live. So uh, I went with Ed Reed. Uh, we know he had all these crazy stats, uh, defensive player of the year. I mean, the term ball hawk was made for players like Ed Reed. And a lot of the times he was the actual true player you game planned against and legendary Ravens defenses. I mean, we're talking Terrell Suggs, Ray Lewis. Um, I'm sure I have other names I'm missing that were great, but Ed Reed was the guy. You always had to know where he was at. It was true lurker. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing with it, just a handful of different teams who were willing to build, maybe maybe be more aggressive or build a better team around him and take that? less misses in the draft. Peyton yeah. Manning. Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. He, yeah, if he was with, say, like him and Tom Brady changed places completely, I bet he would have more rings than Tom Brady. I mean, Peyton Manning was talented and he was yeah. with for the most part an inept Colts team that was riding on the back of all of his accolades and then wait uh, wait, wait, wait can I, can I just chime in here just for a second <laughs> Cody I I have to <laughs> you think if Peyton and Brady switched places that Peyton would have more or just as many <laughs> yeah. as Brady yeah for sure if Peyton Manning if was any working team, with Bill Belichick if either two- team, it wouldn't have worked because Peyton Manning was the coach. Peyton Manning. Okay, so here. So who's who coaches New England's offense right now? I have no idea. Bill exactly, he could have been the coach <laughs> there too, just like Brady but, was. But but so but the thing is though, if anybody had a, so you're you're agreeing then that the Colts had the more talented roster. Yeah, offensively. And, I'm, and I'm also saying that the that New England was able to put better rosters around Brady than the Colts ever could around Peyton Manning outside of a few players that he helped elevate. So, like, like yeah, they had Marvin Harrison, Reggie Wayne, and the defensive ends, but, I mean, a lot of the time... <laughs> what about, well, what about Edron James? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Edron James wasn't there the whole time. He played probably, what... He- Six straight years of like fifteen hundred plus yards. <laughs> well, I mean, Edron James is just one player, but I, for real, if you put Tom Brady on the Colts, I don't think that they even go to the Super Bowl against the Bears. <laughs> <laughs> he just laughs. The, I I always I, this easiest way if you want to sleep at night is always consider Peyton Manning the best regular season quarterback of all time. And then when when they enter January and February, you better switch to Brady because you know that he's yeah, going to bring yeah, it home. Yeah. What about Dan Marino? You talking about regular <laughs> season quarterback? Dan yeah. Marino, yes. God, Is that your number three? A, uh, <laughs> no, almost actually was. And then I did the whole rule where only players I could watch. Okay. So my third one is Troy Polamalu. Uh, that's mm-hmm. another person that really changed the game for me. He's a former USC guy out of, uh, that they all referred to the Tasmanian devil. And that was almost immediately known for its range explosiveness. And in my recent memory, there's not many players that can truly impact a game just like that. And yeah. uh, this guy, when you needed a play, he, he was the guy and he was a great guy off of it. Walter Payton winner, um, and I don't know if Pittsburgh ever recovered from losing him to the Hall of Fame. They're still that defense still feels soft ever since, even though they got Minka Fitzpatrick and TJ Watt. You're right, he, man. God, what a he's stud. my honorable honorable mention for Palomalu. Uh, the way he could time the snap and leap over the line to get a sack, uh, like immediately after mm-hmm. uh, the snap was just amazing. <laughs> we had a lot of safeties on these lists. Yeah, yeah, we didn't even talk about Brian Dawkins. Yeah. <laughs> hey, he was a Brock over a year and a half. <laughs> yeah, a good one that year and a half, too. Heck, yeah. Let's and, talk about these uh, active Hall of Famers, Cody. So are we using the criteria is if they retired tonight, Hall of Famers? 
or like uh, like dudes who are trending toward it that aren't necessarily in like yeah if they retired tonight they're hall of famers okay this this actually should there yeah. should be a lot of names to go around um um i think there's between the 12 that we name here there's probably going to be some obvious quarterbacks so cody this one was your topic for the night why don't you start us with the three active hall of famers and like i said there's probably about 20 to choose from so whoever you pick yeah. is fine well, I wanted to stay away from the quarterback so I could kind of maybe have variety here. Mm-hmm. Um, the one I did do a blurb on, uh, the rest of it I just kind of listed, but J.J. Watt. I mean, he was Aaron Donald before Aaron Donald. Uh, when you win Defensive Player of the Year three times in a four-year span, all within your first five years of your career, you could retire then and probably <laughs> make the Hall of Fame. Yep. Uh, he had two seasons over 20 sacks, uh, and he looked like a challenger to Lawrence Taylor's best defender ever claim. Mm-hmm. And for sure, he was going to be the best modern defender that we were going to see. And then go check out Aaron Donald. Um, <laughs> but he's a guy that a lot of people had compared to Alan Page, and it's for good reason. It's like you have two grizzly bears just blowing up the middle of that line. And also a shout out to his receiving and rushing skills and his Walter Payton uh, award, which the NFL Hall of Fame loves that. Uh, a few other ones I had, um, we might have some crossover on here, but obviously Adrian Peterson, uh, Justin Tucker, Zach Martin, Jason Peters, Von Miller, and Bobby Wagner would all definitely lots. Justin Tickers or Justin Tucker is probably already the best kicker in the league. I uh, see. So said Adrian Von I mean, Miller, history. Justin Tucker, and who else? Um, Zach, Zach Martin, Jason Peters, Bobby Wagner, Von Miller, and Adrian Peterson. Okay. But I mean, Zach Martin, he's been a rock. They drafted him in Dallas, and they haven't had to worry about the right guard position ever since, and truly pushed their offensive line to one of the better units in history. And you got Jason Peters, who I was like, in third grade whenever he started playing and yeah. he just finished out a great year with i believe it was the bears last year yeah when and you then, first said justin tucker i thought you said justin tuck and i was like he's been gone for half of a decade <laughs> no no justin tucker i mean that guy we saw uh him against the lions every year it seems like he's making another crazy kick and yeah. i swear if we would have had justin tucker the past or his whole career we might actually have something more than banners to show for it <laughs> All right, that was a lengthy list. Um, Jason, did you have stuff on on that list before uh, Wes and I do mop-up duty? Yeah, I mean, I I think uh, Julio Jones, for sure, um, Mm -hmm. put him in the Hall of Fame. Um, And then I did want to stress on the, you know, our favorite Hall of Famers already in, and uh, nobody mentioned Rice. I mean, so I wanted to throw him in there as an honorable mention. I mean, mean, we had the second greatest wide receiver, so I mean. Yeah, right. Well, hey, we had the privilege (laughs) of We've had the privilege of at least watching watching him, which is you know mm-hmm. more than, uh, but uh, yeah, in you know Vaughn, but Julio, I think uh, will will mark his way in there for sure. And Wes, you want to give time. Me... <laughs> yeah. Wes, you want to give me yours, and then I will with the dudes that haven't been named. That's why I'm keeping track of them. I will go through with a yes or no for the group. So give me the ones that come to mind for you. Yeah. Uh... The one towards the top of my list is uh, uh, probably one of the more durable NFL players uh, that we've seen, and that's Frank Gore. Kirk Cousins, oh. <laughs> Kirk Cousins yes. Frank Gore. <laughs> this Frank this Gore guy is tore his ACL twice in college, and usually when that happens, especially when he came out of college, the player doesn't last for a career, yet he put in 16 seasons. That's it. Seasons. Just like Dustin said, that dude is still active. Yeah. yeah and not I, only I, that, he's active in the ring, whipping up yeah, on other dudes. Yeah. I, I winning. think seems like he's been in the his, his like he's year, been but, in football uh, since the nineties. Yeah. Man. Years. Uh Trent Williams is another one. Uh oh, that's yeah. one of Cody's favorites. Um Aaron Donald, who Cody mentioned, and I, I know we all have uh Brady on there, so yeah. All right, let's Jalen do Ramsey. Let's do the yeah, yeah, Ramsey. I don't know if he would go in tonight. What, what about Russell yeah. Wilson? Yeah, I'm gonna go through the quarterbacks right now. There, <laughs> yeah, we, we Cody, you said to stay away from those quarterbacks, so yeah, yeah. All right, so no brainers Brady, Wilson, probably Stafford now that he has the one mm-hmm. ring, or is, is he not a no brainer yet? 
Yeah, they love him. Probably. Love Stafford. Yeah. Yep. And then Mahomes could be argued, like especially if he like died tonight, he'd get in. But I don't, I don't know if he up and retired if he'd get in. Um, but Roethlisberger just retired. He'll get in, I think. Then there's going to be the the bubbles. Matt Ryan, probably. I mean, statistically, yes. Um, just comparing eras is so hard. Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, he's right on the he's the Andy Dalton of the Hall of Fame line, I guess, for quarterbacks. Yeah, yeah, that checks out. Um, so those those are the the quarterbacks. Basically, criteria is get a Super Bowl ring, be a top six passer in your era, and you'll be fine. That's why Stafford is after last year is probably good to go. Uh, but here's some of the ones I think were left out. Cameron Hayward, no ring, but he's got the resume. Is what is the group West? Yes or no? Yeah. Cody, uh, not yet. Yeah, for me, probably not, but he's someone who I feel like people are going to make a big case for. He's definitely yeah. a Steelers ring of honor type of guy. Yeah. Jason Cameron Hayward or not yet. Are you with us, Jason? Oh, oh! I'm sorry. I you when nope. you said Jason Cameron Hayward, oh. <laughs> I thought you were saying like that as his name. Oh, uh, I thought I heard. I thought I heard the dial-up speed. Uh, yeah, that's a toss-up. I was, actually, I was actually caught in deep thought because I was thinking of of one Travis Kelsey. Yeah, actually. Yep. So he's a shoe in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Hayward's a maybe. Cleo Mack, Wes? Yes or no? No. Uh, yeah, I Cody, think he's Cody. overrated. Overrated and Cleo Mac Jason. No, not yeah, yet. You know, I gosh, that's so tough because I mean, you for for a good four years, it was a debate between him and Vaughn, him and Vaughn, him yeah. and Vaughn. I mean, they were both doing it. So, um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll I'll read off these names and you guys can just interject since we want to get into this receiver chat. Uh, Fletcher Cox, Cameron Jordan, Jason Kelsey. Calais Campbell. Ooh, let's see. Bakhtiari probably needs a little bit more time. Um, Devontae Adams. I don't know if he's done enough yet. Probably oh, not. Probably. Maybe, maybe, yeah, probably. Uh, Diggs, probably. Diggs probably needs a normal career and maybe a ring. Yeah. Uh, Andre, yeah. Andre Andrew Whitworth is in, but I think he officially retired now, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, extremely fascinating one is DeAndre Hopkins. No. Mm, yeah, I don't think he's in either, especially with that. I don't know how they view um, PED suspensions. Uh, yeah, I'm probably not, not too good. familiar with that. <laughs> not, probably not good. Not good. They, they're snobbish. They're I mean, there has to be some Hall of Famers that did it and got caught. Surely. Right. What about Mark Mike Evans? McGuire. Mike Evans. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Probably, I mean, didn't he just yeah. rattle off like eight thousand yeah, yeah. yard seasons to start his career? Record? Yeah. Well, you know, let's go back to uh, let's go back to um, uh, gosh the. The Packer, the, the Packer. Raiders, no, oh. the Packer receiver, Devante. Let's go back to him for a second. Cause he, he put together what four really solid years, right? About four. Cause before the, the early part of his career, he, it took him a minute. I mean, it mm-hmm. took him a minute to take off. So what say then if he, I mean, I know it's about retiring tonight. Is he in? But if he goes to the second stage of his career in Oakland and he is 30 and he goes downhill, like we see these receivers do, uh, then what? Probably yeah. not. Yeah, I don't, I don't think, think he, so. he would do it either. I think uh, at this point as a receiver, I mean, Julio just now fell off technically and he's what, 32. And even that seems kind of young. I remember like Tory Holt, Tory Holt and Marvin Harrison playing past 35 so i mean what do you guys think tyree kill makes it in today no um that's pretty close to a cutoff line for hall of fame receivers yeah yeah i think uh, longevity rightfully so will be the verdict on a lot of these ones that we've rattled off and especially tyree kill and Corey holt and uh marvin harrison got started and they 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 were good earlier in their Mm -hmm. career though than Devontae. Because Devonte did take a minute. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember, have... I remember not caring about him. Yeah. As a Vikings fan. Yeah. And then you got to see all these rookies that just take off immediately and wonder if people are going to look at Devonte's first few years in the league and be like, you know, is that Hall of Fame player or did he just become elite working with that franchise? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, one one yep. player who isn't a Hall of Famer, and um, I don't know. I just think he's criminally underrated. He's not a self promoter, but he's phenomenal. Is Demario Davis? He's just always so damn good. 
consistent. <clears throat> I think he's got one Pro Bowl, nibbled at all Pro votes a couple times, but you just never hear about him. But he's a linebacker from the yeah. Saints. Yeah. Yeah, I challenge you to go look at his resume. He never gets hurt, and then he's in a position that should get hurt all the time. And he's always, for the Saints, he's been one of their best defenders in the last three years, but your reaction, it makes sense because nobody cares about him. Yeah, didn't he start, I believe he started with like the Jets or something like that, and he went to the Saints and just took off. Yep, yep. He. uh, I, I discovered the criminality of nobody caring about him two years ago when I started tweeting all the time, and he always showed up in stats and games played and tackles. And I'm like, nobody cares about this guy. And so uh, I've kind of made it a point to follow him as much as I can for him being on an idiot team. You know who else nobody cares about that needs to be in the Hall of Fame? Who's not a Viking? Zach Thomas. Can yes. this guy get some love already? He doesn't even make the final list, does he? I don't. I don't think so. I agree with that 100%. Yeah. Jeez. I mean, I, I saw something about Brian Urlacher going on the Pat McAfee show, and he was going on a like a legit rant, like a Brian Urlacher rant about how Zach Thomas needs to be in to uh, the Hall of Fame. I think they both went to like New Mexico or something. No, Zach Thomas went to Texas Tech. But either way, he, he made some great points that Zach Thomas is right up there with everybody else. He has better numbers than Derek Brooks and right up there with Ray Lewis. Yeah. When you uh, get off this show tonight, Cody, go pull up Demario Davis's PFF numbers from the last three years, and you'll be like, "Huh, that's weird that I don't care about this person." You know, I actually will do that because I got the linebacker and waiting behind him in every IDP league. Pete oh, Werner, yeah. he was Baron Browning's teammate at Ohio State, and that guy's—they're both going to be good. But okay, uh, I'm, wait- I'm hoping Demario Davis kind of <laughs> concedes some of the snaps. So yeah, and he's getting old too. Yeah, I think he's 32, 33. So, yeah, he's he's coming up. But uh, just one of those quiet NFL careers, kind of like you remember you won't because you <clears throat> weren't quite around yet, Cody, at least from watching football. A guy named Derek Mason, who played for the mm-hmm. Titans. Guy just oh, yeah. had just a wonderful NFL resume receiving yards and nobody cares. He's just, yeah, he was he was already with the Ravens whenever I got into it. But um, kind of reminds me, another guy along the same ilk would be London Fletcher. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was someone I did get to watch. And he was always consistent. And these guys get no love. And I feel like middle linebackers are stars. What about Simon Fletcher? <laughs> uh, you remember him, yeah. don't you, Dustin? Yeah, Tecmo. Tecmo Bowl. I mean, he was good. He was yeah. pretty good. Yeah, add uh, add to the listeners. Add Derek Mason to your, your stat lookups because he will surprise you and then simon fletcher <clears throat> he was kind of a outside linebacker edge dude for the broncos yeah and, yeah and uh he had like pulling up his numbers now he had double digit sacks in 89 90 91 92 93 <clears throat> so he oh, was wow. yeah right when you were coming up jason watching that team he was uh, a terrorist towards yeah the i mean double digit sacks five years straight that mm-hmm. that doesn't happen often no, no, he was money. And that's why I just remember him um, from Tecmo Super Bowl, which trained me how to learn NFL stats. Was that yeah. that Nintendo or Super Nintendo? I think it was Super Nintendo. Yeah, that's no, like my I version of Jared Allen. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first defensive I think, I think Bo Jackson team. should be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> just the sports Hall of oh. Fame? <laughs> yeah, 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 he should be. I mean, just, just imagine if he had never got hurt. I mean, the yeah. what-ifs. That's probably the biggest what-if in sports history. The, the closest thing that you can find to the way he ran was Adrian Peterson. That would have been, yep. if, if he yeah. would have broken that hip, that's the way. I'm Man. convinced that's how Bo Jackson would have ran for an, a period of time as a pro. I wish AP would have came out in the nineties. That would have been, Oh yeah. would have been perfect. <laughs> yeah. I got uh, when, so I think I've told the story on air that I was pissed when the Vikings drafted him um, because I thought it was dumb. We already had Chester Taylor. And then I got spoiled. <clears throat> I, I got to think because I watched every single game with him. I was like, yeah, we, this running back is phenomenal. But when you look back and see those highlights that get tweeted every week or so, you're like, God, this guy was so different than everybody else. Mm-hmm. It, it has like uh, the Barry Sanders feel when you watch the highlights, but it's just like this steam engine feel to it. Yeah, it was all awesome. right, Cody on the wide receivers. Uh, you wanted to do a segment and I'm all for it about their paydays. Take us away. Uh, I just uh, wanted to point out how D-Bay Debo, DK, Terry, and AJ, um, AJ Brown, 
they all signed pretty similar deals, uh, but there is some things that separate them. So like DK got probably the best deal. He has zero incentives and pretty much had the Seahawks in a chokehold saying he was bluffing them and all that type of stuff. I was just curious which one, which contract y'all would like with the player uh, on your team. So you got Debo. Uh, he does have the cheapest deal, but um, he's getting paid to play wide receiver and not not really to be running back besides his incentives. Uh, then you got Terry McLaurin. Um, he has Pro Bowl incentives, and he has the worst deal out of all of them. And then you got A.J. Brown, the youngest, who has the most expensive deal. I was just curious, who's y'all's favorite player? And with A.J. being the most expensive and Terry the cheapest, is there a preference that if y'all would have in them? Um, I guess. So if we're going to, for, for West tonight, translate this directly into you too, to Justin Jefferson, I don't think mm-hmm. you would even need incentives with the way Jefferson has progressed. So I think I would throw him the cash that'll make him happiest, even though he's not fond of money, figure that one out. Um, and probably that AJ Brown deal. West, do you yeah. have a different opinion? Uh, for what type of contract for Jefferson or just these, uh, of these contracts? Um, I, I think this, uh, three year trend to where, uh, they can cash in again, um, uh, when they're 27, 28, uh, on probably a longer deal is smart by their agents. Um, can see Justin Jefferson doing something very similar. I, I think I had said uh, five years, 125 mil with uh, 75 mil guaranteed. I probably have to shorten that length of time down to three years, but more than likely that same deal um, uh, would, would make a lot of sense for when he comes due next summer. Yeah, and the, the it would be best to get it done as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. You got um let's see, in 2015, AJ Green signed a extension for 15 million. In 2017, Antonio Brown was 17 million, and Odell Beckham in 2018 was 18 million. So it kind of <laughs> you see each year it goes up just a little bit, but what they really go by is the average per year value relative to the cap. So the past five years, each of those players that I mentioned, that was that 10%, 10%, 10%, 10% of the cap. So with the cap, our cap room is expected to skyrocket with everybody. COVID's officially over in America, essentially. And so the cap room is just going to go up higher and higher, especially after getting set back. So, I mean, just the cost of, you see, uh, Mike Christian Kirk set it at 8.6% <laughs> of the cap room. So compared to those other receivers, it's actually a pretty good deal. And then in a matter of days, you got Mike Williams setting it at 9.6, <laughs> DJ Moore at 10%, Terry at 11, AJ Brown at 12. I mean, we're talking days, and that's millions of dollars. And uh, just a fun fact here, Kirk Cousins is playing for $35 million this year. The entire salary cup in 1994 was $34.6 <laughs> Could not afford to pay Kirk Cousins. <laughs> and man, that's great. That is fantastic. My favorite player out of all those guys is probably DK though. Um, and I like the incentive. I like the incentive driven deals. I mean, if you're asking me what would I would rather prefer if I was a GM or if I was a fan, um, I think there should be more incentive driven deals. Like with Wes, I like what Wes's deal kind of consists of, but I like the opportunity though, to have then the wide receiver contract also potentially fully guaranteed, right? So 125, 75 guaranteed. But if this, 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 and that happens, then you have the opportunity to earn it all. On the, on the three-year deals, um, I think on top of West, you know, he's doing, they're doing like LeBron deals where they're like, yeah, let's wait and see here in two years, what the hell you people are doing. Um, but I also think it's to Cody's point that in two years from now, there's a good chance we look at DK's deal and be like, God, look at those pennies that he's making compared to blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And with the market, especially with this uh, heavily forecasted TV money that it sinks in that, you know, the one that will make Dak Prescott's deal look small. Uh, I think once they have just that three-year commitment, which is always a two-year commitment, uh, they can not get in that territory that Diggs was in last year, where at the time it was like, oh, yeah, this is a sweet deal for him or Daniil Hunter. 
And then enough time lapses on that five-year deal, and they look like buffoons, underpaid. And yeah. I think the three-year commitment will lessen, um, I guess, that team-friendly Spielmanish deal. You, know, you got Mike Williams over here for the Chargers making about twenty million a year, and shoot, in just one calendar year, that could be not maybe not even top ten in the league, uh, not even close to it, not top twenty because I don't think it's top ten right now. Yeah, and then yeah. There, there's the when you I think when you said uh, OBJ getting eighteen million, I remember when that broke and i'm thinking god 18 million for a wide receiver Mm -hmm. and yeah now it's it doesn't even excite me at all or do anything to my emotions i'm like oh 18 million huh yeah and my main point of saying all those numbers mixed together uh essentially was that it goes up about one or two million per year and the rate that it's going up every year goes up a little bit higher so instead of it going up one or two million per year um, it could just be two million per year, and then in like three years, it'll be three million per year. But I mean, even signing Justin Jefferson to a massive deal, it's not going to just stop going up. I mean, he'll be the fifth highest paid receiver in probably half of a season after that. So, yeah, definitely think- just fork it over and don't play these AJ Brown games. I don't know why they lowballed him or traded him. Uh, I don't know what's up with that. Yeah. <clears throat> I want to uh, completely changing topics before we get off air. I want to ask you, Wes. So a week ago, we didn't touch on this show because it really isn't that newsworthy, but Riley Reef, who's played for the Lions, Vikings, and Bengals, was given $10 million per year by the Chicago Bears. And now, according to Ian Rappaport, I think it was yesterday, says that they're trying to trade Tevin Jenkins, who they just drafted last year in round two, who was a top 10 tackle in the draft class. So Mm -hmm. what... Are they doing every? We, we always <laughs> have these these weird questions about Chicago Bears stuff in the last five months, and we know Reef is solid, but couldn't they really be giving up on Jenkins after one year? Yeah, I, I have no idea um, what they're doing down there. Uh, this is a, a great one that we can save for next week to follow up with uh, John, our uh, resident Bears fan, who should be able to join us next week. Um, we can talk a little bit of uh, Bears camp, uh, check in on how uh, Justin feels is adjusting to his second year. But, yeah, I I have no idea what the Bears are doing. Uh, I don't think even Ryan Poles uh, knows what he's doing either. So um, as a Vikings fan, I, I welcome it and we'll, we'll see. Uh, See what the future holds. Yeah, no, um, it's a pretty decent tackle on a rookie deal, and they're just gonna get rid of him. Yeah, <laughs> they, because they want Riley Reef, who's like thirty-four, which they they don't have to get rid of him to bring in Reef. Yeah. <laughs> they just <laughs> yeah, and, and then on top of that, because Jenkins played so poorly in his rookie season, they're gonna get like a sixth rounder from him. <laughs> so it's like, well, yeah, I remember well, they were super proud of that pick. Well, <laughs> well they, well they, they, they were. They, they did. Uh, they did uh, give up Kyle Fuller to make room for uh, Andy Dalton, and then they then they were in need for cornerbacks. I mean, it's like, yeah, I, 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 every time. Well, so first of all, so every time this late in the summer, prices have dropped. Baker Mayfield traded for a fifth rounder. Anthony Barr signed with the Cowboys today for three million. But then you see some shit that Riley Reef gets ten million, and you're like, what? Like is is this ball sack sports that tweets it? <laughs> well, yeah, well yeah, I mean, geez, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have to ask him some questions next week when he comes on. Be like, what's the, what's the word out there, man? You know, <laughs> if, you, if you sit if you sit Cody on this task, it's gonna be like a list of like five things. Like now, sir, Mister Baskerville, why? Like a lawyer, like why did Riley Reed get ten million? And then just down the line, tell me about the Tevin Jenkins trade. Like, yeah, he's gonna be forced to defend it, and I don't know if he's type it'll just be like i don't know what the hell they're doing or or like with with velas jones like age 25 it's like you could have got somebody who was 21 you know that right <laughs> right oh my goodness but yeah we, I, we either way either way john we need answers next week yeah and i uh, you uh, god i don't know if you guys remember this but in january for the vikings it was down to crazy adoptments and ryan poles and my dumbass endorsed Ryan Poles because he was an offensive lineman. And I thought if there's one human on this board of GMs 
candidates that can solve the Vikings offensive line, it would probably be a guy who played it. And then I, I feel like I could just, I wish I could erase that from the internet. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. one thing after another, it's like, so they're rebuilding sort of, no, they, they've already got their quarterback of the future. And, and then every time they sign this WR4, they got like eight Iron guys. Pringle. Yeah, they've got eight <laughs> WR4s and their fans are like, this is going to be badass. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, you have depth coming out the wazoo, but it's depth of morons. So, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I, like I don't even I don't even bother engaging with Bears fans because I know they're going to fulfill their their, pro- their terrible prophecy so i'm just gonna watch the losses in the standing well most most bear, my friends that are bears fans have just accepted the fact that they're they're never ever gonna be good again i mean yeah they uh like like the browns for 25 30 years they cannot get the quarterback figured out um aside from cutler for what four or five years um they're like the vikings they they had Culpepper and then now Cousins, but outside of that, it's always all right. What Chimbasol's next? And then you convince yourself he's going to be good, and he is for a year, and then he's not. Yeah, well, and I know all about that over the last <laughs> six years. But yeah, I mean, you got to try to you got to try to convince yourself into hope somehow. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Well, we're going to have Mr. Baskerville on. It sounds like schedule pending next Wednesday, and we'll yeah. we will cross examine him about the Chicago Bears <laughs> operations. <laughs> Gentlemen, good to have the gang back. We'll see you next Wednesday. Yeah, good to be back. You guys have a good week. Later. I just say, peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.